Welcome to the Ask Coach Perry podcast. Get your running, triathlon, swimming, or cycling questions answered by one of the best coaches in the world today. Thanks for joining us on the Ask Coach Perry cycling podcast once again. I'm Mr. Active David Katz, joined by Devlin Eden. And, uh, you know, with the Tour de France ending just uh, recently, a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, just over a week ago, I wanted to look at altitude training because we've had some queries about that. We see these Tour de France contenders, really, it becomes part of their regime almost to go train at altitude. But for everyone, it's not so easy. There's all these altitude chambers that are popping up in the coastal areas around the world. I know at Cape Town, Durban, they all have these. So basically, Devin, what I want to know is what is the benefit of altitude training and at what height would you need to train to see those benefits? Okay, David, so this is a, a question that's popping up a lot more these days with the various amounts of uh, altitude training masks that are on market, and as you mentioned, with altitude chambers. So just to touch firstly on the theory of, of altitude and the, the oxygen side, how the body works. So the human body requires oxygen to function, especially for endurance sports. So anything longer than a couple of seconds sprint starts requiring oxygen. And... The red blood cells rich with hemoglobin is what the hemoglobin is actually what transports the oxygen around the body to the vital organs, to your muscles, to the cells and so on. Now, the fundamental theory of altitude training is that by exposing the body or the athlete or whatever you to a low oxygen rich environment, the body is put under stress because now it's having to, to adapt as to how most efficiently to make use and transport oxygen around the body. So over a period of time, it adapts. You go back down to train in a, a low altitude, in a high oxygen-rich environment. You can imagine now there's so much oxygen around. The body is now efficient to transporting that oxygen around. So now you've got rich hemoglobin blood flowing around, and you can perform a lot better. It's the same if you think of as a, a motor vehicle and being at altitude driving around your car tends to perform a lot better sea level when you've got more oxygen to, to function with as well. So that's the, the theory as to how it benefits. Now, the, the more questions that come in, and there's been research over the, the couple of decades as to what best works in terms of the altitude training, but it, there's a little bit more of a gray area, and the, the answer to the question isn't really black and white. So it's not really whether a case of does altitude training work or not, it's more a case of what is the best and most effective application of the method? And that's where there's a little, there's many different theories as to how it will work. So sort of coming to part two, when we start talking about your question, where you start talking about what height um, and what altitude is the best, you get the best benefits from, that's very tricky to answer because individuals will respond differently to different altitudes. So it is key to have, your coach or your trainer know you as an athlete and how you, you and your body responds to various workloads, various altitudes, and make sure that the program that you're on is individualized to you. It's no two people will respond the same to altitude training. And then the, the side of it where we start talking about the application again comes in with how much training needs to be done and at what altitude and what type of intensity as well. So there has been a study that has shown some athletes have done three-week training camp at altitude. So they live at altitude, they train at altitude, um, hoping to get the benefits. But because you're training at altitude, you're now 
you're not able to put out the same intensities as what you would do if you were training at sea level and you normally live at sea level. So, for example, if you're typically riding at a threshold of 300 watts, when you get to altitude, that might become 200 watts, 250 watts, whatever it might be. So you're not necessarily training at the same intensity you used to. So in the study particularly, these guys came back from a three-week training camp had actually detrained over that period of time, not because of the altitude necessity. Well, it is directly related to the altitude, but more cases they haven't been able to work at the right intensities necessary. So, so that's where it also comes into you need to know how you respond and at what altitude you can you can get the most out of the training. So, a couple of questions that then do come up is frequency. So, how often? And the frequency comes more to if you are using an altitude mask or you're in an altitude chamber, how often should you be training at, at various intensities at altitude and for what duration should you be training as well? So there comes now where a couple of theories come in, there's the live high, train high, so that's living and training at altitude um, versus the live low, train high. And the one that seems to have the most benefit is living high and training low. And the reason there being that you're spending majority of your time and in the resting state at altitude. So for us to train once a week, twice a week for a 45-minute session or an hour session in an altitude chamber doesn't really show as much benefit as it would if you were spending vast amounts of time at altitude. So again, for for us guys up here in Gauteng, for instance, and we train up here and we used to training up at altitude, we get onto the coast, we probably see a little bit more benefit than what the guys training down at the coast would see when they're up at altitude. But keeping in mind that when we are talking serious altitude training as well, we are talking probably anything higher than about two and a half to three thousand feet above sea level. And up in Kauteng, we're sitting, I think, at about a thousand four hundred meters above sea level. So again, it comes down to the type of athlete you are. So if you're more of an elite level athlete and you're right at the top of the game, you are going to notice those differences a lot more than what the average weekend warrior would because that could come down to your conditioning itself versus the altitude as well. So there's a couple of things and unfortunately it isn't a black and white answer, but it comes down to making sure that the frequency is right, the amount of training you're doing is right, and again, how are you responding to to that altitude training? Well, Devlin, you sound like a doctor giving us a grey matter answer there, but uh, a very uh, valid point you make out. And I'm glad you mentioned living in Gauteng and up on the high felt because I know a lot of the guys from the coast sort of, you know, they, they give us a hard time, but at least there's a benefit to living up here. And Brad Brown's one of the worst, you know, the guys who used to live up here and moved there. So thanks for just making us feel a little bit better on the high felt. <laughs> Thanks for joining us as well on another edition of the Ask Coach Parry Cycling Podcast. We'll be back again in a couple of days' time. But if you do want to win a lifetime membership to the Ask Coach Parry Cycling community, do go to iTunes and rate us. We'd really appreciate that. And that's a fantastic prize there up for you. From myself, Mr. Active, David Katz and Devin Eden, we'll catch up with you next time. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Coach Parry Podcast on iTunes. Follow it on SoundCloud or listen to it on Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at Ask Coach Perry.